everyone. I'm Kelly Harrell, author, modern animist, and runes fangirl. Soul Intent Arts is my spiritually focused practice, and you're listening to What in the Weird, my podcast in which I talk about runes, animism, soul tending, and how all of that intersects through sacred activism on my path. Hi, everybody. The weekly rune is out, and if you're not sure what that is, it's a rune cast that I've done for several years focused on the runic calendar and current half-month rune. You can find the archive of all of the rune casts on my site, soulintentarts.com, and if you're not sure what a half-month rune is, listen to the early episodes of What in the Weird, or just go read the weekly rune at soulintentarts.com. It's explained at the beginning of every rune cast. And I want to say thanks to all of my Patreon supporters who make the sharing of my rune work through the RuneCast and this podcast possible with their financial support. What do you get for that support? Well, the full weekly rune with no ads, more detail on the RuneCast, you get weekly prompts for engaging the half-month rune, and a Galder recording for how to work with the weekly RuneCast through chanting. That's the low-level tier. If you want more rewards, they're certainly there. Things like soul readings, a birth rune snapshot, which is sort of like your astrological natal natal chart in runes, or shamanic healing sessions. That's also an option. So go check out patreon.com and do a search for the weekly rune to find a tier that might work for you. And thank you. You can also subscribe to the free version of the weekly rune by going to soulintentarts.com. With the last half month, we moved into the second et, which is bumpy, to say the least. We talked about how Hagalaz forces us to find a new coping skill or skills, usually through radical upheaval. That's the uncomfortable part of Hagalaz. And we also talked about how this process comes at this time of year in the common runic calendar which is the beginning of the dark time. It's kind of our, you know, engine warning light to do this work now because it will get harder to do as we actually become entrenched in the holidays and in the darkness of winter. Nalthes is the second rune in the second et, and it's also the second rune in what I call the winter trio. It's only slightly less uncomfortable than Hagalaz, partly only because you're still dealing with the fallout that Hagalaz generated when Nothies comes on the scene. And that's part of the more sinister nature of Nothies. I say that really carefully. Don't get me wrong. There are no bad runes. And I know for a lot of people, the runes feel really heavy and dark. You know, when we're talking about them as a divination system, which is the way most people still think about them, very limiting, by the way, um, it's because they don't usually know more than the surface level about the runes. They're not situating them into a greater cultural context and bringing that forward in a way to live with them in a modern fashion. So I'm also not saying they're all fluffy and glitter either, because they're not. More to the truth, they're always two-sided, and those differing faces of the coin, so to speak, are connected to each other. They're not separate. It's not one or the other, and that duality presents a certain grayness, 
And really, if you are versed in Old Norse culture, that gray area is a significant trait overall. Not these comes after the pot has been deeply stirred by Hagalaz, and it comes in the form of constraint. You see that word all the time whenever not these comes up. If you want a textbook definition, constraint is limitation, usually one that causes other reliant factors not to function properly. So like if you're having constraint around this, then that can't happen. And it's this idea like sort of the dominoes being set up and falling that if you if you can't function properly in this one area of the dominoes, then the rest of them can't fall either. They can't make the pretty picture at the end. So constraint from that perspective, it could be self-created. It can come from external sources. And really, it's up to you to determine what that is right now. Like if we're just looking at this half month, this season, it's up to you to be able to sit and say, where is the constraint coming from? Most of the time, particularly with Nautis, when issues of constraint come up, they're self-imposed. So I feel like in its native timing, Nautis is an opportunity to revisit possibly where you are constraining yourself. It may be about a literal dynamic where you feel stuck, that somebody else is perpetuating a stuckness or that you are, and it's fair to examine both. But I I feel like in terms of looking at this as the half month, its timing is now. It's a nice reminder in the day planner to say, this is a supportive season for me to figure out where I'm holding myself back. And I feel like looking at self first is 90% of the time the best first stop that you can make when you're determining your needs. Where Hagalaz uncomfortably forces us to get a coping skill, these forces us to become literate about our needs. And really, those two things are related. Like, we usually need updated coping skills when we've become out of touch with our needs. They're interconnected. But that terrain is really difficult. It's so difficult that we don't go there until some life chasm opens up and is staring us in the face. I'm not saying that as in we should wait until the shit has hit the fan to sharpen our coping skills. But that's the human tendency. We are not known to rock the apple cart needlessly, even if all the apples are rotten. So what most often happens when something precipitates getting a new coping method, we realize just how out of sync our lives are with our needs. And this is the type of deep tension that is not easily conveyed with Nalthese. Like when people talk about it, when they look at it, they say the words, you know, constraint, they say crossroads, they say need. Um, And another one that comes up is suffering. Suffering makes us run for the hills, and understandably. Um, It's a complete natural state of being, and it's a component of life that we can't avoid. It is unavoidable. And the the part that we fall apart on, and that not these can deeply hit home on, if we dig beyond the surface level, is that suffering is a mindset. 
And when I say that, I don't mean we choose it. I don't, I don't subscribe to that new age bullshit. I think y'all know that by now. But I do think that in the West, we tend to not be deeply emotionally literate as a culture. And we don't realize the range of options that we have available to us when we're suffering. We don't realize that we don't have to stew in that. It, it's kind of a hallmark in our dysfunction as a culture to sit in suffering, to blame people for suffering, to blame them if they try to get help for suffering. It, it, it's lose-lose in the way we do it in the West. We deeply still demonize mental health and getting help for ourselves you know, from a professional. We still demonize that. And yet that's the crux of Nothies. In the center of that stave, literally the cross section of that stave, that's where the tension and the resolution for that tension lie. They're, they're not in some other room. They're not somewhere else. This is the two sides of the coin of Nothies, and they're smack in the center of that stave. We have a choice of paths at that crossroad, and yet we're paralyzed. We can't move. And we're not paralyzed because we don't realize we're in the crossroads. We know we're there. We know what shit feels like. But what we don't have is access to what to do with those feelings. Like, how do we deal with those feelings in an actionable way that moves us? And, and the movement may not be great. I mean, it probably isn't great at first. But movement at all is what's imperative. We become paralyzed because we probably don't realize that we have options. Or if we do realize them, we don't know how to get to them or to make use of them. That's the part culturally that falls apart. So this is the isolation of Anathis. And it's the epitome of what the holiday season feels like to a ton of people. Am I right? And honestly, I suspect that the dark time probably felt that way to our northern ancestors just by virtue of it being such an isolating, cold time. And anything that isolates exacerbates the crazy. I know it does for me. So what do you do about dealing with what Hagalaz has unhinged and the locked feeling that Nalthese kind of plucks? You identify and work your resources. Anybody who's ever taken a class with me knows that this is my shtick. You make a list of your dream team. Like at the onset, I talk about this in Runic Book of Days too, at the onset of any new study, especially a spiritual study, any um, new spiritual healing or sessions that you're going to undertake, make a list of your dream team. Nobody ever thinks they need it. I start almost every class I teach with some kind of dream team prep work. Like it could be a class on the animistic relationship to pencil sharpeners. And I still tell people to locate their dream team. Why? Because trying to do that in the midst of crisis is so hard. It, it's almost not doable because you're less likely to reach for them in a moment of grief if you can't find their phone number or email, or if you can't remember who the right person is to call for XYZ. So take the time to create an emergency kit now. 
Put in it the names, the numbers, the emails of people who lift you in some way. This could be friends, family, doctors, priests, shaman, your acupuncturist, your dog walker, whatever. It clearly write down what this person brings you that's unique so that you remember it. Or so that if you're sick and somebody needs to call someone on your behalf, they know who to call and which person to call. Write it down so that you don't have to logic this out in a moment of completely dire need. Put your favorite books, your movies, TV shows in a kit somewhere. Like like list them or literally put the DVD, the CD, that's old school. Put it all in there. However, it helps you to keep track of what makes you feel good. Your list of favorite foods. And if you can't make them for yourself when you need them, call somebody on that dream team list and ask them to. See, the, the hardest part of dealing with needs is identifying them, yes. But what's really challenging is getting out of your own way to get them heard and filled. Does it mean that if you speak them to other people, they're going to rush to do what you need? No, it doesn't. But that's the big girl part of this process. It isn't about somebody else filling your need. It's about you understanding what it is and expressing it. And 90% of the time, your needs need to be fulfilled by you. It's not about what other people are doing or not doing. It's about what you need to be doing for yourself and actually doing it. And this is the part that in classes that I teach that about three or four lessons down the road when the crisis hits, because it will, because anytime you take on educating yourself in some new way, the whole point of that education, especially spiritually, is to challenge what you think you already know so that what you need to know, how you need to understand it for this point in your life can come in. It still creates a crisis. You still need that dream team. And I get thanked every time by the end of classes. This is humaning healthily. This is right relationship to solid elderhood, which means the route to becoming an informed, fit ancestor. That's it for this episode. If you have questions or insights about any of this winter rune stuff, about Nauthies, about your dream team, feel free to email me at kelly at solentonarts.com or you can call in through the Anchor app, which is what I record What in the Weird on, and you can download Anchor for Android or iPhone. You can check out earlier episodes by downloading them from Google Play or iTunes and other platforms as well. And if you get a chance, check out Everyday Animism, which I co-host with a couple of lovely women who are also on Anchor. You can learn more about me and my work by visiting solentonarts.com. I am most active in social media on Instagram, and that's at Kelly Soul Arts. I'm Kelly, and this has been What in the Weird.